praise God. The last few weeks, uh, I've been studying on a subject titled The Faces of Grace. The Faces of Grace. Grace is such a uh, tremendous uh, uh, subject within the Word of God. It's, uh, it is, it's such a beautiful thing, the doctrine of grace. And uh, it surprises me how little a lot of folks really know and understand uh, about grace. And uh, as I was praying and studying on it, the Lord gave me uh, the thought about the faces of grace. And in that, we study in the different aspects of grace and what God gives us through his grace. His grace is a vehicle that, that gives us uh, several things. We have talked about compassion. We've talked about long-suffering. Uh, we've talked about forgiveness. Uh, all of these things are, are part of the faces of grace, different aspects of grace. Uh, and we are going to uh, try to finish up uh, our series tonight and uh, begin something afresh uh, that I got on my mind that we're hopeful to be able to get ready to start by next Wednesday. And uh, tonight, I'm going to end this thing up by talking about healing. About healing. I wonder. How many that, that are in here this evening uh, can of a surety say without, there's not a doubt in your mind that, that God has healed you uh, at one time or another in your life? Let me see your hand. That's everybody. That's, that's just about everybody. Uh Healing is a uh, is a special thing, a special gift, and just like salvation or any other thing, healing comes to us by the means of His grace. If it wasn't for the grace of God, there would not be uh, any healing. And uh, I want to talk, and as you know, I mean, there's no way in the time limit that I have tonight to cover everything about healing. But uh, we want to get some of the aspects about it tonight. And in this spotlight, what we're calling Spotlight on Scripture, we're going to be spotlighting Exodus chapter 15 and verse, six, uh, verse uh, 26. Amen. Exodus 15 and verse 26. And I want you to notice as we do this spotlight on the scripture, uh, what it says, Jehovah God told the children of Israel through the mouth of Moses, the prophet, he said, I will put none of these diseases upon thee, which I have brought upon the Egyptians. For I am the Lord that healeth thee. I am the Lord that healeth thee. Hallelujah. Amen. Healing is a great benefit that comes 
with our salvation. Uh, there's a scripture, and I meant to look that up and put that up there, but um, I, uh, I didn't get a chance to do it. But the Bible talks about things that accompany salvation. When we receive salvation from God, there's certain things that accompany that goes along with salvation. And one of those things that comes with salvation is healing. Amen. It's something that accompanies salvation. Now, we have been discussing all the spiritual aspects of grace, but now as we try to wind our study down to a close, I want to talk about the physical aspects of, of grace, uh, and one of which is healing. Now, when Jesus died on Calvary, he paid the debt for our salvation. Would you agree for that? to that? Amen. All right. He paid the debt of our salvation. But the cross of Christ didn't stop with man's spiritual condition. He also paid the debt for our healing. Amen. And as man being a tripod being of body, soul, and spirit, when we talk about healing, some people just think about the physical ailments. But the healing that Jesus provides for us is for the whole man, body, soul, and spirit. Hallelujah. Glory to God. God is concerned about your whole being. Amen. He's concerned about your whole being. Hallelujah. The Bible teaches us that by his stripes we were healed. The price that Christ paid for the healing of the whole man, body, soul, and spirit, as I said. But just because, now listen to me close, just because Jesus paid for our healing doesn't mean you will automatically manifest the benefits of that. Praise the Lord. What are you talking about, Brother Samuel? Well, you need to reach out and receive what Jesus did for you by faith. Now, think about this. Jesus died for the sins of the whole world. Amen? But does that mean that the whole world is going to be saved? No. The whole world is not going to be saved. Even though his death covered the cost of everybody's sins. Amen. The whole world is not going to be, be saved. Amen. Because they didn't or won't reach out with faith and receive what Jesus did for them. Hallelujah. You gotta you gotta reach out and grab it. You gotta take a hold of it. Amen. Your salvation and then also uh uh healing when you need healing. Amen. I definitely believe that God desires, amen, to heal his people. Amen. But everybody is not always healed. Uh, and uh, we're going to talk about some of those situations, hopefully, before I get through tonight. Amen. But before I uh, get that, I want to talk about the source of sickness and disease because that, that is very important. The source of sickness and and disease. Sickness didn't come until after the fall of man. Hallelujah. 
There was no sickness in the garden prior to Adam and Eve's sin. There wasn't even a runny nose. There was no hay fever. Hallelujah. They didn't have to take a bare aspirin a day. Amen. The Garden of Eden before the fall of man is just like what heaven is going to be. Amen. And man had all of that for his benefit. Amen. There, 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 was, there was no coughing. There was no sneezing. There was no headaches. No cancer. Amen. Nothing like that. And a lot of people don't realize it, but they'll read the book of Genesis, the first two or three chapters, and because it, it lines things out, just bam, 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 one right in, in, in a row, a lot of times we'll, we'll think everything just happened, just one thing right after another, but we know that the first few chapters of Genesis covered uh, uh, several hundred, if not thousands of years, and we don't know how many hundreds of years that Adam and Eve lived in the garden before they sinned. We don't, we don't have that information. The Bible doesn't tell us that. Amen. But we do know that before there was a sin and a disobedience to God, they didn't have to worry about any kind of sickness. Therefore, Sickness and disease is a result of sin. It's a result of disobedience unto God. It also says that if God's people will turn from their wicked ways, and we quoted that a while ago, he would take sickness from their midst. Notice Deuteronomy chapter 7 and verse 25, I believe. Put that up there, please. Hallelujah. Deuteronomy 7 and 15. All right, there you got it. Let's, let's read this. And the Lord will take away from thee all sickness, and I will put none of the evil diseases of Egypt which thou knowest upon thee, but will lay them upon all them that hate thee. Wow. He's talking to the children of Israel there. Part of this verse kind of uh, sounds like a little bit of the other verse that we read a few minutes ago. But God promised the children of Israel. He said that uh, I'm not, I'm not going to put none of the evil diseases upon, uh, upon thee that thou knowest that you've seen through uh, Egypt, but they will lay them uh, uh, but will lay them upon all them and hate thee. Let, let me, there's something just come to my mind. Uh, you know, how, how many years, some, can somebody uh, uh, tell me how many years that they was in the land of Egypt? Anybody remember that? It was over 400 years, 430, I believe, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. And that time, most of that time was spent in severe hard bondage. Amen? Now, when Hollywood put Charleston Heston up on the board, and they come out of Egypt, and if you watch that, 
If you'll remember, you'll see some of them uh, come, out, come out on crutches and some are hobbling and, and all of this, and they was having to carry some on stretchers. But you know what? That, that's not what the Bible says. Do you know the Bible says, says that when they come out of Egypt after all that time, there was not a lame one among them. Wow. Wow. Hallelujah. Wasn't a lame one among them after 400 years of all that stuff. Hallelujah. That gives you just a little taste of the power of God and what God is able to do. Hallelujah. The more they afflicted God's people, the more God blessed them, the more they multiplied. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So, but sickness is a result of a curse that came upon the land when Adam sinned. Hallelujah. And like it or not, you and I were born up under the curse. Hallelujah. And we deal with these situations because of what our Adam, our father, how he disobeyed God and didn't listen to the voice of God. Amen. So it all comes out through uh, through a curse. But God had a plan. Somebody say God had a plan. Even though the sickness and everything was, was around, it was not God's desire for God's people. And he not only wanted to see salvation, but he also wanted uh, a healing of his people. Isaiah chapter 53 and verse 5 is a prophecy concerning Jesus. And you need to read that whole 53rd chapter if you haven't done it in a while because it is a beautiful chapter. This is what it says. But he, talking, and it's referring to Jesus, was wounded for our transgression. So he, he died for our sins. Amen. But it don't stop there. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. Glory to God. With his stripes we are healed. I thank God for the cross in Calvary. But folks, there was something that took place before Jesus ever got to the cross. Something that covered for our healing. I got two pictures. There was the whipping post. If you'll put that first picture up, please, sir. We can't begin to imagine the suffering that Jesus endured for us. That Roman whip, the cat of nine tails, that had chips of bone and rocks tied in the end of it, when that Roman soldier would strap that thing, it would, it would catch into his side, Brother Paul, like a fish hook. Anybody, you ever got a fish hook in your finger? I have. It don't feel good. When they beat him across the back, sometimes it would hang, 
and then they would yank it, and his flesh would come apart, came apart just like a ribbon. That was for our healing. By his stripes, we were healed. We know that there were 39 stripes went across the back of Jesus. The law stated that it couldn't be no more than 39 because they'd already knew by experience that the 40th one would take their life. So when they had 39 stripes, it brought them to the very point of death. Next picture. Our Lord went through that for you. He went through it for me. And when you see this and you understand this is real, this is not no fairy tale, how can anybody not be willing to say, I'll follow the Lord. I'll repent of my sins. I'll be baptized in his name. Let him fill me with. Any normal man would have died. But he went through that for our healing. My, my, my. He was tortured. It, this, was, this wasn't what you see up there now. That was not for your sins right there. That took place at, at Calvary. That right there was for the healing that God has in his promise for us. Hallelujah. He shed his blood. It was solely for your healing. Your healing means an awful lot to God for Jesus to go through near-death torture just for your healing. Your healing has been paid for with the blood of Jesus. Don't let the devil tell you otherwise. Don't let the devil tell you otherwise. Um, we have to be able to touch the Lord with our faith. And a lot of times, I know the times that I have been healed and then times that I, that I wasn't healed, Those times was not times that I could blame the Lord. But there were some times that I touched God, but I didn't touch him with my faith. Now, let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. Everybody knows the story of the woman of the issue of blood. She had that, that issue for 12 years. The Bible said she spent everything she had on physicians but didn't get no better, only grew worse. Then she heard Jesus was coming by, and there was a great crowd of people around. 
The Bible said that she reached out, she went through the crowd, and touched the hem of his garment. No doubt she was so weak, sister, after all those years, and then trying to fight her way through that crowd, that when she got to him, she, was, she had to be down on her knees to be able to touch the hem of his garment. Instantly, Jesus asked what question? What did he say? Who touched me? Who touched me? His disciple says, well, Lord, look at all these people gathered around, bumping up against you and touching you. What do you mean, who, who touched you? He said, somebody touched me because I perceive virtue going out from me. Let me tell you something, folks. Hallelujah. Yes, there was a lot of other people touched Jesus that day, but there was only one that touched, touched him with her faith because she had said within herself, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, I know I would be whole. Hallelujah. Glory to God. It's not, it's not just enough to touch the Lord. You got to touch him with your faith. Hallelujah. I've seen I've seen preachers try to take God's glory. I've actually heard people say I've heard I've heard comments like this. Uh sometimes when somebody there was a service where somebody got a healing and I've actually heard people after the service say, well, you know what? It was my hands on them when they got healed. Whoop-de-doo. Hallelujah. You might, you might come for prayer, and you might come up here, and I might, I might stand right here and get a bottle of oil and, and anoint you with oil, but it might, it might be somebody way back in the back of the church who prayed the prayer of faith and touched the Lord for the healing. That's one reason, folks. That is one reason why we do not see the kind of healing like we used to see many years ago. We got too many people running around today who, who'd want to claim the credit. But the credit goes to God. The glory goes to God. Hallelujah. Amen. But always remember. Amen. Always remember that it is God's desire for healing. And we have got to fight through all the stuff. We, we can't think, well, you know, yeah, I know God can heal, but... You know, maybe maybe this time he, he won't. Well, you're right, he won't, just as soon as you think that. Because I don't care how much power and anointing the person may have praying for you, your faith has got to touch God. Go back, read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And count how many times you'll find out there's quite a few that people came to Jesus for healing, and he says, according to your faith, be it unto you. Now, we all know 
that the Apostle Paul, he was a man that had a had an anointing of God. He was somewhere one time he preached to midnight. <laughs> Somebody way up in the third tier up there about uh well they're up there right now, fell asleep. Fell down, broke their neck, was taken up dead. Apostle Paul quit preaching, went down and prayed for him, healed him. The guy came back to life. And you think you think we get long winded? The Bible says he went and continued his speech to daylight. I wonder how many modern apostolics will still be with him. You know, we got that off. Oh, when I'm ready to go, I'm going. Amen. He continued to speech to daylight. I, I said that to say this. We know the evidence is there of the power of God that flew that, that flowed through the Apostle Paul. But you know, everybody that Paul prayed for didn't get healed. We're going to pull up one more scripture. Second Timothy, which is the Apostle Paul's last letter that he wrote before he was put to death. Second Timothy chapter 4, verses 19 and 20. Now this is at the end of the letter. He was in prison. He was already, he had already been tried, and he was waiting for the executioner. He didn't know what day or an hour the executioner was going to come and was going to take off his head. And he wrote to Timothy, and he, and he told him, you read back up before this. He said, do your diligence to come to me quickly. Try to come as soon as you can. And he did all the salutes and the greetings and everything like Paul uh, normally did in his writing. And he says, Salute Priscilla and Aquila and the household of Onesiphorus. Erastus abode at Corinth. He's talking about another brother there. But uh, uh, Trophimus have I left at Mylentum sick. Look at that. Here's a brother that was traveling with the Apostle Paul and got sick, but didn't get cured, didn't get healed. Matter of fact, Paul had to leave him there and go on about his journey. So you see, uh, when you go to somebody for prayer for healing, it's not going to just be on their power or the anointing that they've got. You're going to have to t reach out and touch God with your faith. Hallelujah. This, this brother, uh, he left him there, and, and I let him sick. And he mentions him here. And uh, you don't ever hear too many people talk about this uh, particular situation. But uh, this lets us know that everybody don't get healed, and uh, uh, there's there's different reasons 
I understand for that, but we've we but the one thing we've got to be assured of and know we've got to have the faith and touch God with our faith. Amen. That's that is of utmost. Hallelujah. So healing is definitely a part and one of the faces of grace that God gives to us uh, uh, through grace. And let me and let me say this. I definitely believe that when a child of God gets sick, and that sickness is a sickness unto death, and God carries them home through that, I don't believe that child of God was defeated. I believe that child of God was healed. They received their their final healing. Hallelujah. Because what we're looking for is not this life but the life that God has got promised for us. Amen. Anybody got any comments or questions about what we covered tonight?